Hey, podcast listeners, hope you're doing well, and I hope you are winning contracts. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a minute to share something with you that's working for our clients. Our federal access knowledge base is helping companies win contracts every single day. I regularly get emails from members thanking us and saying things like, hey, I just won a $2 million contract. Many of you have seen a video that Chris Danback shot for us at GovCon. Chris won two contracts totaling $30 million. One of our members emailed me this morning and said, the turning point that opened my eyes was using federal access to establish a professional and systematic business development and RFP process. I've now won two contracts worth $480,000. Federal access is helping a lot of companies win. It can help you too. So here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers today and get started for just $29. You're going to get access Access to a digital copy of the government sales manual, over 70 strategy videos, more than 30 webinars, 300 documents and templates, and one of my favorite pieces is SME support. So when you run into any issue, any challenge at all, you can email me directly for help. So go check out the special offer today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. The link is in the description below the podcast. So go check that out today, federal-access.com forward slash game changers so you can get started for just $29 today. Now let's hop into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the chapter that Emily wrote in Becoming a GovCon Expert. This one's called Doing Business with the Department of the Navy. And one of the things that, that you know you highlighted right out of the, the front of the chapter there, Emily, was how you know this is specific to the Department of Navy, but it really is a, a great framework for approaching anything in government. So why don't you give folks a little bit of an overview of the chapter and we'll kind of go from there. Okay, great. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me. So this chapter is about doing business with the Department of the Navy. And a lot of people don't really know that the Department of the Navy consists of the Navy and the Marine Corps. And a lot of people don't really understand how to market to the Department of the Navy. So there's 10 different buying commands. And that's one of the things I point out. And that's one of the things you've got to understand. Like if you want to do business with Department of Homeland Security, or the Department of the Air Force or, you know, any of those other big organizations, they don't do the contracting at that high level. Yeah. They have several different buying commands under them. So that's one of the things that I point out in this chapter. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a really good point there where, you know, you, you get involved and you start doing this and you just think, I'm going to the top. I'm just going to go to the top and I'm going to deal with them and they're going to buy all the stuff. And, and that's, that's just not true. You know? So, you know, you talk about in the book, one of the first things is about getting procurement ready. Um, and I think that this kind of falls a little bit un, under that. Why don't you talk a, a little bit about how a company can get procurement ready for doing business with the Navy? Well, and a lot of this is uh, listed on general small business websites and it, you know, just registering your company in SAM in the system for award management having a, um, a, a cage code, understanding what your North American industry classification code is, understanding who your target audience is. Those are some things that you, you know, need to do. Those are like the basics. And I typically recommend if you don't know how to do that, to go to like a procurement technical assistance center or a small business development center, because they help with that. The small business professionals within the federal government 
tend to deal with companies that have already done some of these basics. Like they have a company that's set up and ready to go. We don't, we didn't help them do that. We would refer them to other organizations. That's a good point there. You know, if you come to a contracting officer at one of these organizations and you're not procurement ready, they're not going to help. That's not part of what they do. You know, they're going to send you to another source. When that happened to you, because I know it did, did you in your mind think, wow, you know, this, they're so unprofessional or this or that or did did that in your mind like putting like give them a black eye in some sort of way in your mind like how did, how did you see that when when companies came to you and they were not procurement ready i think the politically correct answer is to say oh no we help them we help everybody okay but look when you're doing business with the federal government guess what you're not doing business with an organization you're yeah. doing business with people Okay. And so, you know, if people have a subconscious mind too, and they have these biases and they, that just is naturally going to happen. Um, So, you know, when a company hasn't done their homework or hasn't, doesn't know the the initial basics and is expecting, you know, a government organization like the the department of the Navy to help them with that, it just makes you wonder, are they going to be ready to really do business and support us? I mean, is this how they're going to do work if, and when they get a contract. It makes you wonder that. Right. No. And, and rightfully so. I, I think, you know, when they when they look unprepared and they have no idea what's going on, I, I think it definitely, I think you definitely have a right to feel that way. I, I've always heard, and whether this is true or not, that, you know, making a bad impression is, is better than making no impression at all. And I, I don't know that that's true, <laughs> but I think, you know, it would be something, and, and I've seen this before, where a company will come to us and they really don't have their life together, their act together, none of that stuff. And then you see them six months later and they've gone from this cautionary tale to something just amazing and you're like wow you know this is this is this is incredible the transformation that i've seen and that's awesome so i've seen that in in the business world that i've dealt with a lot and so initially even if they do have a black eye and i'm telling stories about how you know because internally we tell stories with our team right like wow this was really messed up you'll never believe this and then you see them six months later and you're like you'll never believe this this is incredible Mm -hmm. what they're doing so it's pretty wild so talk to me about just like most people have biases most people are forgiving right and they know that these companies companies are trying and they know that this is new for them, especially if they're just starting out. So, you know, it's not going to, you know, the source selection criteria isn't, uh, did you come to your first meeting not knowing anything that you were doing? <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. when you get a contract, it's based on the source selection criteria. Yeah. yeah. So. You, you know, and, and for me, my whole point of going down that little rabbit hole for a minute is I think if you have made some mistakes, you can fix them. Like that's yeah. what you really need to hear. Like if you have totally screwed this up out of the gate, you can fix it. So now that you know what you need to do, go do it. And then to your next point, like do your homework on the agency or whoever you're talking to. So do you, what are some some really good tips that you have for how they should do their homework when they go when they approach a contracting officer? Well, I'm not going to give all my tips because then no one's going to buy the book, Michael. There you go. There you go. I'll give a few. <laughs> Um, so basically, 
you know, and it seems basic, but people don't do it is go on the internet and do some research on that organization. Um, you know, congressional hearings are, are helpful because a lot of times senior people from the organization go to Congress. So you can get a feel yeah. for the overall, the big picture environment that that's important because then when you go to your actual customer, you know, like if your your big customer, if your customer is the Naval Air Systems Command and a program office within that command, it might be helpful to know what the Naval Air Systems commands up against. So hearing the Secretary of the Navy testify in front of Congress and talk about budget cuts or different things yeah. and priorities, that's helpful as you go and approach your customer. That's part of doing your homework. Yeah, no, that, no, that's really good. And in fact, my kids will walk in the, the office every now and they're like, what are you watching? And I'm like, well, there's this budget meeting at, and they're like, just shut up. Dad. <laughs> just, <laughs> just shut up. Because, you know, I'll throw stuff that's on live stream on YouTube up on one screen while I'm working and I'm just, I've got this in the background and, and even, you know, even me, you know, it's just, I just want to hear what's going on. And you see, you know, you can, you can learn a lot about the politicians that are in Washington by watching the way they run some of these meetings. You can learn about what's important to them, those sort of things. And regardless of how you vote, doesn't matter. Those are the people that are there. They're doing the work. And you need to know them and you need right. to know what their priorities are and, and how they're kind of driving things as well as all of the people that they bring through. And I, I have found just by watching some of these people go and testify, they are like, wow, man, I really like this person. I really like mm -hmm. this person. I really want to work with this organization. And, oh, look, they just mentioned these three things that are, that are, um, you know, part of their forecast for this year and why it's so important to, to make that happen. I bet that's important to other organizations. And you just start learning all these things and how have these aha moments. So I know it's super boring, but that was one of my favorite tips you gave around, you know, just watching some of that stuff because you just, you just learn all kinds of things. So that's, that's a really I can cool. give you a little story that kind of drives that point home if you want. Yeah. Okay. So just imagine, you know, the life of a, a contracting officer or a small business professional um, and what their typical day is like. And this is just a, it's not an exact typical day, but, you know, basically we're busy. We've got a lot of deadlines, have, have a lot of um, data calls. And then you also have meetings with companies that want to do business with your organization. So I'll just put this from the perspective of a small business professional that is tasked with helping their government customers trying to find small businesses that are capable of doing the work that and satisfying the requirements that the technical people might have. And so here's just a th an example of three different people coming into my office. First one comes in late because they didn't plan in advance to get through the base gate. So they're late for the meeting and they're flustered and they've sent a read ahead, which is the pitch that they're going to give. And they just start right in like hand me the card and start right into the pitch. And they don't look up and don't realize that while they're on page one, I'm already on page five of the mm. pitch because I've already read it. And page one is all about like how many people work for the company, when it was founded, why it was founded. Yeah. I don't really care about that. I mean, yeah. I do, but you don't need to brief me on that. Page five, where I am, is the technical um, product, the product or the services that your company officer offers and how they can satisfy a government need. That's where mm. I am. So one key thing is, is to be able to, after you've done your homework and you have that meeting, be able to read people's body language and know. Mm 
know where they are and target your pitch that way. So that's one example. Um, another example would be, you know, after that meeting, I grab a bite to eat, rush, you know, answer some emails. I'm just swamped. And then this other person might come in and say, Emily, we're a women owned small business located in a hub zone. and You guys aren't meeting your small business goals. Hmm. That, that company, makes you feel what, great. <laughs> yeah, what has that company not done? They haven't told me what they do. You know, they're saying that they can help me meet their small business goals, but what we really need is small businesses that can help us satisfy a government requirement. That so that's not the best marketing strategy to have, you know, right, to say that right. we can help you meet your goals. Mm. Okay. Then the third person might come in and do it right. She comes in, she thanks me for my time. She's on time. She's professional. She's reading my body language as she's going through the pitch. And her pitch is all about that she saw a program manager testifying in front of Congress or maybe in a out in town at a at a briefing or online now with COVID at a briefing talking about some challenges that they had and her company can solve them. And this is the challenge and this is exactly how her company can solve it. And then maybe, oh, by the way, we're a small business. So those are just three examples of things that happen day in, day out in small business professionals' lives. And that story can just drive the point home about doing your homework and about um, how to best target your customer. Yeah. And, and what a simple thing that you described there in, in the example number three of how, like, there was nothing in there that was difficult. There was nothing in there that was like, oh, well, I would have never thought to be on time. And yet, <laughs> and yet that that happens, you know, I, I lived and worked in DC for a couple of years and it still to this day blows my mind how acceptable it is to be two hours late. Mm. Just totally acceptable that, oh yeah, it was traffic. That's why I'm two hours late. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, Plan for that. It, it's just crazy. So um, yeah, getting through the gate. Uh, I've, I've had my issues with that too. So <laughs> <you know. laughs> and sometimes that happens, you know, but if they didn't plan or, you know, whatever, yeah. it's just, it's just something, those are the little things to plan yeah. for to make the, the whole meeting go smoother. Yeah. And, and I love that about the body language too. That's another one where even if you're doing this over, you know, Zoom, Skype, whatever it may be, you can still see are they are they looking at you are they looking at the brief are they totally spaced out you know or did you lose them 10 minutes ago because i've seen people they're like well i've got 30 minutes and 38 slides and i'm flying through this and you can tell like on slide three where they've totally checked out and it's like, you right. just got to stop yourself and actually talk to them and have a conversation but you also shouldn't have 38 slides <laughs> No. They, they just the drag big, on, right? Yeah. And you should realize that your briefing, even though it's the biggest piece of your day, it's not the biggest piece of their day. It's yeah. not the number one thing on their mind. So you've got to figure out how to keep it simple and get their attention and make them, you know, want to pay attention yeah. to you. Yeah. Yeah. So really, really good advice. You know, one of the uh, the tips, and you gave a lot of pro tips in here. Mm-hmm. But one of the ones that jumped out in my mind was you in the in the chapter you gave this pro tip and it was it's so simple yet I've seen countless people do this. You say don't send an email to all of the small business professionals, and I just laugh when I'm like I have seen people like literally put the put in the two section there'll be like 15 names in there and it's the one thing and it's almost like the 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 second pitch you gave where 
they're really just kind of spewing where they're a small business. We know you're not all meeting your goals. We can help you meet those goals. And here's a slide deck of 138 slides <laughs> and my, my capability statement and please buy from me. Like, like that's it. So that, that was one of my favorite pro tips. So, well, you know, I say that because I used to like, for example, I used to work in the department of the Navy's office of small business programs, and I would get emails from companies. And sometimes everyone that's on the email or is, it's a blind copy. So you don't know who else got the yeah. email and maybe I'll delegate it to somebody, or maybe I'll think, oh, this is a no brainer. I can easily answer this one. And then I overhear somebody else in my office talking about the same email. And then somebody else in my office talking about the same email. Mm-hmm we do not, we did not have time to deal, to work that way, to overlap on what we were doing. I mean, so, and then sometimes you might send a blast email to every small business professional in the department of the Navy, but it doesn't apply to half of them because you're, you're offering a technical solution and it doesn't apply to ship. So why send it to NAFC or it doesn't apply to building and construction. So why send it to NAFBAC? Just by getting those emails in the box, it's taking up our time where we could be, you know, have been spending it on being more productive and really helping the companies that yeah. needed it. Yeah. You know? no, that's really, you know, they didn't do your home, their homework. So yeah. that, that was one of the things they didn't do their homework and they thought, Hey, this is the easier approach. And, you know, I, I definitely see that a lot where people think, well, this is fast. I can do this. I can take action. That doesn't mean you should. So, right. you know, be, be aware of that. So any, I also fu- give a pro tip with a, a recommended format for an email script after a phone call or for a phone that call. That was really good too. That's really good. That's yeah. in the book as well. People can, can grab that. Any other yeah. final tips on doing business with the Navy before we hop out of this episode? Um, it still applies. Do you know what I, what I said in my other chapter about know where you are and where you're going and really know if you want to be a prime contractor or a subcontractor. Um, don't always go after the large value contracts. Um, sometimes just a small contract and getting your foot in the door helps. So there's a lot of pro tips, like you said in there, I can't cover it all in this, uh, short podcast episode, but yeah. Awesome. Well, good stuff. Well, thanks for coming on and doing this today. And if you're listening and you don't already have a copy of the book, go grab Becoming a GovCon Expert on Amazon. You can get it there today. And once again, thanks, Emily. Really appreciate you coming on and talking about your chapter. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.